Welcome to the Industrial Talk Podcast with Scott McKenzie. Scott is a passionate industry professional dedicated to transferring cutting-edge, industry-focused innovations and trends while highlighting the men and women who keep the world moving. So put on your hard hat, grab your work boots, and let's go. As always, thank you very much for joining Industrial Talk, a platform. This platform right here, celebrating industrial professionals all around the world because you are bold, brave, and you dare greatly. You innovate. You solve problems. You're making my life and the world a better place. There you go. That's why we celebrate you, pointing at you on the video. And we are here. OMG, Q1 is uh, the meeting. It's not a conference, so don't, don't even go there. It's not a conference. It's a meeting. And it's a collection of incredible professionals focused on solving, debating and solving problems. Apparently, it gets pretty heated in some of these uh, conversations. I don't play in that because, well, I didn't stay at a Holiday Inn either. So, Stephen Wang. Did I get that? Wong. Wong. See, I said it wrong. (laughs) All right, let's get cracking. He's in the hot seat. How you doing? Doing right. How are you? Good. This is the first time we meet. It's my only second uh, DTC or OMG uh, meeting, so I'm really excited to be here. When was the first one? In Austin, last year. You were there? I was there. Yeah. Well, you were, you were you know, hobnobbing with the... Uh, I'm, I'm, the I am quite a, I'm quite a <laughs> big deal out there. Absolutely. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I just said, uh, these, these are the heroes. All right, so digital twin, big time. Give us a background, Stephen, on who you are. Great. So my name is Stephen Huang. I work with Mantec International. Uh, as I said, this is my second uh, digital twin consortium. I've been focused in the last two years on developing digital twins and virtual frameworks to support them. Um, Mantec's customer base is primarily U.S. government, and uh, I joined DTC in particular to better understand standards, protocols, other industry experts, so that we in general could provide better services and uh, quality of life for our digital twins in the U.S. government. <sighs> Like a tiger by the tail. I, mean, I don't even know where you begin with all of that. And I'm looking at your business card right here, business card. You've got Mantec Elite. I don't know what that is, but it sounds like it's a pretty important. <laughs> and and you got a lot of a lot of verbiage on there, and 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 definitely take us through. Just okay, you're, you're part of OMG, right? You are invested in the digital twin. And, and just take the listener through why that's important for Mantech. Ah, yeah, great question. So um, our U.S. government customers are very much in tune with the need to transform for, uh, in respect to digital engineering and model-based system engineering. As part of that, they recognize the, the value that uh, digital twins can have on operational systems, but they're looking at bringing that left of boom, so to speak. So they really want to start with the virtual twins and start developing the models to support that prior to executing of the, of the physical thing. So you're 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 really focused in on that virtual twin, correct? And running simulations and being able to take that and say, hey, what if this and do this? See what the impact is before it goes into the physical. Absolutely, yes. That, that's major savings too. That's major value. Right, and that's actually where the the DoD or Department of Defense and and DTC are somewhat in conflict because uh, the DoD definition of a digital twin um, includes what could be done in the physical world, whereas DTC focuses on the data coming from the physical world feeding into that that digital twin. So it's a true mirror of a physical counterpart. But on in, in some government oh. acquisitions, right, those those physical counterparts don't exist yet. 
And so uh, we're huh. bringing that a little bit left to make sure that we can capture the, the salient points of what the twin needs to do before it comes into existence. So how do you, how do you, you have both have, you both, you have, those are both your customers. Correct. So you just sort of, do you, do you advocate a certain approach? Yes. And, and, and what, what approach is that? And how do you get one of your customers to say, ah, oh, I see that. <laughs> well, it's, it's been a struggle because some uh, government offices are, are a little bit more forward-leaning than others. But in general, we converse with them to better understand where they are, uh, where their use cases and pain points are, so that we can start to tailor what processes and what, what particular applications of a digital twin could benefit them in the near term, so that we can establish that foundation of using um, you know, solid data streams and models to cons consolidate around what a use case would be for their uh, mission. And then once we have that, we can start to develop the framework and the hooks to expand it into other areas. So in particular, one of the big concerns uh, with our U.S. government customers is cyber resiliency, right? So huge. We incorporate Thank those you. kinds of concepts, right, into the twin itself as we define it so that we can evaluate, assess, and even harden the twin prior to the physical uh, system also being hardened so we can truly make sure we've um, done the best we can in the schedule and uh, cost constraints we have with our customer to implement that in the real world. How do you, how do you keep that uh, virtual twin up to um, current? So that's an excellent question. Because when we start talking about cyber resiliency, things change. All I can see is it's, it's, a, it's a dynamic world out there. Absolutely. So we rely on Internet of, of Things, you know, threads and sources to make sure there's a data stream coming into our twin framework so that we can align it with its uh, virtual counterpart. Now, that being said, we can now use our virtual twin as a standard, right, as the gold standard by which the, the operational world should be. So if there are any changes to my physical counterparts, then I know something has happened in the physical world that I didn't know about. And so I need to understand why that is, whether it be, you know, an insider threat or whether it be malware, et cetera. So I can use my uh, digital twin as an instance to make sure that everything there is trusted and valued. And I can evaluate that against standards that they have for hardening and resiliency. How do you ensure that virtual world, that virtual uh, twin, stays secure? Ah, yeah. So that because is... All hell could break loose, quite frankly. <laughs> that is uh, a constant struggle and conversation we're having both internally as well as with our customers. So we've looked at uh, role-based access control as well as attribute-based access control in order to who can gain access to the environment. But at the end of the day, we also need to incorporate things like zero trust and multi-factor authentication. And so we're looking at different means of doing that both from a data provider perspective of how we can provide um, data sources in, you know, from IoT into the cloud services and yet still verify that they are trusted elements feeding that information. That's one. And two, uh, the twin itself, we can you know control access to whether it be through ZTA or multi-factor authentication so that we know what changes can be done in that system. And then at the end of the day, we want to tie that back to the model that the virtual twin or digital twin architecture is based on. So the SysML you know, concept that we've defined within the architecture as well as a system, all that can be governed from a model that then feeds all the other systems. Can I approach this virtual twin, and, and does uh, Mantech do this, 
approach a digital twin or virtual twin solution incrementally. Absolutely. So I can, I can, one, make the decision that, yes, I need to go down this road. And then, two, I just want to go down the road and I want to travel at 15 miles per hour as opposed to, you know, driving the whole bus. And, and can I do that? Absolutely. Can you advocate that? Yeah. So one of the things that the DTC has actually come up with is a capabilities periodic table. And we ah, use that to interact with our customers to kind of shape exactly what the expectations and uh, deliverables are going to be for that first incarnation. And then we can grow upon that framework uh, once we agree upon the initial investment and schedule and so forth so that it can grow to meet their needs on a very measured and deliberate fashion. Well, I, I, I <laughs> because... <clears throat> If, if anybody's having a pushback on it, right? If anybody's saying, hey, I, I don't know, uh, they, they, they've got to take this serious because companies like you and yours moving forward, and many here at uh, OMG, they're moving forward. It's going to happen, and uh, the, the market is, is demanding it. <clears throat> so I find, I find there are two components that, that, that I receive all the time is one is where do I start you know I don't know I look at this business I've got all my headaches over here and where do I start and then who do I trust because I don't want to invest all this incredible resources and find out that oops I don't want to do that right and and I think organizations like yours and and also OMG to be able to as a, a great resource and speaking of resources if I'm interested in this or at least begin educating myself, where do I start? Well, I would start with a lot of the publications and podcasts that actually DTC has already put forward. There's a lot of uh, fundamental use cases and uh, uh, problems that they've already started to solve with digital twins, and it starts to uh, whet the appetite in terms of what technology provides and supports today, as well as where you could grow that into the future. Uh, I, I, I'm telling you, I'm all, I'm all in. I don't know why I'm all in, but I'm, I'm all in. And then, so where, one last question before we sort of wrap it up. Where do you see it going? Where do you see the trends happening? I mean, there's, it's, it's fast. Mm. It's like yesterday's technology is not today's technology. Right. <laughs> Literally 24 hours. <laughs> so I, I definitely see that um, uh, zero trust and cyber resiliency is, is gaining a lot of um, ground. And so everything about um, engineering of complex systems has to incorporate that from a requirements perspective. And even if, if the, the, the funding doesn't necessarily support it, um, the need to do it and, and the right to do, you know, the reason to do it right is, is already there. Um, the second thing is, is obviously the um, availability and utility of digital twins uh, in a mobile context. So how do I make use of things that are in motion, whether it be in outer space or whether it be on, down the highway or in the subway? How do I make use of sensors moving oh. across that entire spectrum oh, you know, so I get a true all-domain uh, context and, and, and you know, twin of what's physically going on everywhere? <laughs> what what about that person say? I know I, it's just too too invasive, too too much. But I but you're the first one, and it's just dawned on me uh, that that acid emotion. You yeah. know, it's like oh, I got it. This building, you can have a digital twin, no problem. Lights, all of that stuff. But that that acid emotion is is another element. But then, then again, you know, when does it stop? Where does it go? Right. 
actually right now I think the, uh, the limit is literally you know uh, extends beyond the solar system I mean I know NASA is looking at building in LunaNet and all of these things and oh, all of those things cover ends um, you know digital twins in order to incorporate next generation technology in the systems you know that are coming up you've thought through this before <laughs> you've had a couple of conversations to say the least how do they get a hold of you Stephen they're uh, saying, I want to get Easiest on. way is Stephen.Huang at Mantech.com, or you can look me up on Mantech.com, and you can look at Intelligent System Engineering. Intelligent Systems Engineer. By the way, you're the first person that has that title that I've uh, talked to. <laughs> There's a reason for that. <laughs> Why? <laughs> what is it? Tell, tell me. It's that we practice Intelligent Systems Engineering. We just don't, you know, walk the walk. <laughs> just get out of here, man. You were great. That was a lot of fun, man. Thank all right, you. listeners, we're going to have all the contact information for Stephen out on Industrial Talk, so fear not. Reach out to him. This world is changing. This world is changing quickly. You need trusted individuals. You need trusted companies to help you with that journey. Reach out to Mantech. Reach out to Stephen, and at least begin that conversation. You will not be disappointed. And again, at, at a minimum, go out to omg.org. omg.org, and uh, you get great people like Stephen and others really trying to solve problems. Have that conversation. Collaborate. It's important. All right, we're going to wrap it up on the other side. And again, we'll have all this contact information, so fear not, we will be right back. You're listening to the Industrial Talk Podcast Network. How about that conversation with Stephen? Absolutely. The company is Mantech. Uh, virtual twin. Uh, the technology is happening. Innovation is happening. Uh, every conversation I have, it, it always dazzles me how fast there's this, like, again, the speed. The only thing that I can recommend for you listener out there is to be engaged, is to learn as much as you possibly can. Find individuals like Stephen to help you along with that journey because it's happening. And I think that companies who truly embrace it whether you like it or not, are going to have a competitive advantage over ones that do not. So make this a priority. Go out to omg.org as well. Connect with these individuals. They're all right there. They're right there. Ready to answer questions. All right. Be bold. Be brave. Dare greatly. Hang out with Steven. And you will be changing the world. We're going to have another great conversation coming from OMG. Shortly. So stay